I've been doing uh, Prayers of the Prophets. I did one last week, and I, I promised you guys I was going to do another one uh, this week. And last week, I talked about how our eyes have to be on him. You know, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And, and this week, it's all about our heart for you. So eyes on you and heart for you. Um, just to recap just a little bit, if you forgot what we talked about or if you weren't here and you're allowed to forget sometimes I forget <laughs> sometimes like after I get down someone says you know if they weren't here they're like you know later in the day what did you preach on and I'm like uh. <laughs> just give me a second <laughs> let me pull up my notes um so you're allowed to forget uh I mentioned that the praying the the prayers the prophets have prayed <laughs> opens us up to different aspects of prayer aspects that maybe we wouldn't normally tap into Prayers of the prophets invite us into the feelings of God. And prayers of the prophets give us insight into the heart of God. I said that God is personal. That God is also passionate for us. And we, like him, were made in his image. So we are personal and we are passionate people. God's passion for us causes him to go great lengths for us. So he's desperate to help us. When we are in need or, or when we're lost, he's desperate to find us or to have intimacy with us. There's a oneness that he desires to have that's, that's hard to explain, but when you experience it, it's like nothing else. There are many times in life that we don't know what to do. You know, and, and Craig and I, we joke all the time, but we're kind of serious also, um, that the prayer, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, um, really describes our entire ministry and, and family life. <laughs> it just, it's everything. We don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Do you guys feel that way? Like, I don't know what I'm doing or what I should do or what's the right thing to do. So my answer to that is I just keep my eyes on him. And then when I get up in the morning, I'm like, Father, what should I do today? Or, or for the strategy for this, what is your plan and then he tells me, and then I do it, okay? It's not a big, elaborate thing that I've worked out here. It's actually quite simple. It's not easy, but it's quite simple. He gives a strategy. He gives the plans and the details because our eyes are on him, and we just do what he says. And then our hearts are for him. Our hearts are for him. And that's where I said I want to go today. So we're going to go to First Chronicles 29. And in 1 Chronicles 29, it's, it's King David. And King David is about to build the temple. Solomon, his son, has been chosen by God for this project. Okay? And he's also next in line to be king. David is here, Dad David, and he is on the scene. And he is like, man, this is a huge deal for my son. This is a big undertaking. Because it's not, he's not just building a hangout, just a place to socialize. This is a meeting place for God to meet with his people. So for starting in verse 1, they get ready to build. Let's read. It says, David the king addressed the congregation. He said, my son Solomon was singled out and chosen by God to do this. But he's young and untested. <laughs> and the work is huge. This is not just a place for people to meet together, but a house for God to meet us. I've done my best to get everything together for the building of this house for my God, all the materials necessary. 
the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the lumber, the precious and very covered stones. Furthermore, he says, because my heart is in this, in addition to and beyond what I have gathered, I'm turning over, this is King David, my personal fortune of gold and silver for making this place of worship for my God. And then he goes to list all the things of gold and silver that he's going to do for the covering of the walls and for, and for the, the work for the craftsmen and the artisans. Here is the king giving his own money for the building of the church. His own money. Sewing in with personal finances. And then he says this, and now, how about you? <laughs> Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? Ready and willing, the heads of the families, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders, the captains, the stewards, they step forward and give willingly. Just like that. Just like that. They gave, it goes on, 5,000 talons and, and 10,000 dareks and, and, and gold and silver and bronze and just an enormous amount for the temple of God. And the people were full of a sense of celebration, all that giving, and all giving willingly, freely. King David was exuberant. Of course he was excited. The people were on board. Okay. See, he had this idea to build the house of God, to build the temple. And he had bought in, the king had. And he had showed the way. I'm going to give my personal finances. And then everyone joins in with him. Do you realize that this is a leader's dream? <laughs> you guys know because you're in leadership in different capacities in your life. And you know when you have a plan and then everybody gets on board and you didn't have to drum up excitement. You didn't have to like coerce them in. And they just, they just love God enough to want to give, and then they trust David enough to want to follow? What a cool moment. <laughs> then David stands up, and together with the people, he prays a prayer of whole heart devotion to God. Verse 10. David blessed God in full view of the full congregation. Blessed are you, God of Israel, our Father, from old and forever. To you, O God, belong the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, the kingdom, all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. Riches and glory come from you. You're ruler over all. You hold strength. You hold power in the palm of your hand to build up and strengthen all. And here we are, oh God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. See, this spontaneous, generous giving caused David's heart to spill in praise to God. It wasn't because of the money, though. It wasn't because of the money. It wasn't about that for him. It was about the hearts of the people. Because it revealed this, this desire for God, that they really were for God, and they really were for his house. They were all in. How many know that when something is allowed to touch your wallet, you know it's really touched your heart? Here David says, our father. This is interesting to point out that this is the first time in the Bible that God is addressed directly as a father over his people. This is an intimate family moment, isn't it? 
Both riches and honor come from you. You see, David could say this because he had both riches and honor. And he knew that that came from God and God alone. Verse 14, let's keep going. But me, David says, who am I? And who are the people that we should presume to be giving something to you? Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been giving from your generous hand. And as far as you're concerned, we're homeless, we're shiftless wanderers like our ancestors. Our lives mere shadows, hardly anything to us. God, our God, all these materials, the pile of stuff for the building of your house, honoring your holy name, it all came from you. It was all yours in the first place. I know, dear God, that you care nothing for the surface, though. You want us, our true selves, So I have given from the heart, and now I see all the people doing the same, giving freely willingly. What a joy. David's acknowledging that both the ability to give and the heart to give is actually gifts of God to us. It's a gift to have a heart to give. It really is. If you have a hard time giving, you know this. You're like, man, I wish I could have more of a generous heart. I desire that, but I have such a hard time with it. If that's you and you're in that situation, I encourage you to pray and ask God, God, give me a generous heart. Help me to trust you in my giving. Sometimes we're just afraid that when we give, we won't have enough left over. But he can give us the courage to step out and do that, knowing that he, again, is more than enough. David was humbled by this privilege. He felt that it was to give to God. And then seeing how the people had that same viewpoint, it was like, wow, what a cool thing. Because the reality was all things come from God. So whatever we give back to him is really his to begin with. Like if I borrow your truck, if you guys have a truck, I don't have a truck. If you have a truck and I, I need to pick up a new kitchen table and I borrow your truck, when I give your truck back, I'm not expecting you to be like, oh, thank you so much for my truck. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you gave my truck back. That's so great. You are awesome for giving my truck back. Like, I'm not expecting you to do that. Even when I give it back in good condition, I like it, like, did, you know, cleaned it up and things like that. I, I just expect you to be like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the truck back. Because it was yours to begin with. It's like not a big deal that I returned it. You know, I would hope that I would return it. This is kind of like our giving. <laughs> to God. Like he's given us everything to begin with. So I'm not expecting him to be over the top for me when I give back what I've, what he's put into my hands. It's my privilege to return it. It is my joy to give because I didn't deserve it to begin with, but yet he gave it to me. So what a cool thing. It's almost too good to be true. (laughs) Like he asks for us to give to him, but he gives us the things that he wants to give to him. So like we don't even have to come up with it. It's like, is this a dream? You know, it's like having your cake and eating it too. It's like miraculous. Yeah. All right. Anyway, then David referenced how our days are like mere shadows. He's like, we're just human. But yet, God, you take us to build something as special as your house. How cool. Verse 18. Oh, God, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Keep this generous spirit alive forever in this people. Keep their hearts set firmly on you. And give my son, his prayer for his son Solomon, give Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart 
so he can obey what you command. Live by your direction and counsel and carry through with the building of the temple which I have provided. He's like, let these people keep the generosity that I'm seeing today. Let them keep it that they've tapped into and let their hearts be forever on you. Don't let this end. Let this go on and on and on for the generations to come. See, David knew, he's like, man, the people are in a good place right now. They are really, they are tapped into Jesus. They are loving him. They are following leadership. They have, they have focused hearts. So let this be. Let their hands and their hearts be forever fully engaged and give Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart towards obeying you. See, he knew that this was imperative for the church, for the health of the church, for the nation of Israel, and for the success and security of his dynasty, of David's dynasty. See, financial generosity and whole heart devotion is key in the lasting health of the local church and the kingdom of God on the earth. This prayer, though, that King David prayed just a moment ago, this prayer, we need to be praying over our children. That one that he prayed over Solomon, that little short sentence that we could just like fly by if we don't take a minute. This is a good prayer for our kids. Give my son, you can put in their name, give my daughter their name, an uncluttered, uncluttered, free from confusion, free from the junk of this world, free from sin, and focus a loyal, true, committed, clear heart towards obeying you. Uncluttered and focused. And then to end, David does this. He addressed the congregation and he says, bless God, your God. And then they did it. They blessed God, the God of their ancestors and worshiped reverently in the presence of God and the king. And then the very next day, it said they butchered the sacrificial animals and offered in worship of Israel to God a thousand bulls. This blows my mind. Does this blow your mind? A thousand bulls. Like I can't even picture that many. A thousand rams, a thousand sheep, and in addition, drink offerings and many other sacrifices. We just need to think about that for a minute. So there's 3,000 animals um, and also drink offerings and many other sacrifices. There is a lot of prep involved here. Okay, they feasted all day, they would have to with that much, eating and drinking before God, exuberant with joy. David's like, okay, now let's bless the Lord. We've done all this, we've, we've, we've given, we're excited about what's to come, we've prayed this cool prayer, we're all together in oneness, now let's bless the Lord. And see, David knew that it wasn't enough just to have that feeling of blessing on the inside but it had to come out. It wasn't enough just to have a feeling. There was a call to action. They had to do something to demonstrate on the outside what they truly felt on the inside. The devotion of their heart was towards God. We knew that. They worshiped reverently. Another translation said they bowed their heads and laid themselves before the Lord. 
Have you ever laid before the Lord? Anyone? Um, if you haven't, you're kind of like, well, that might be a little odd. But it's just they laid before the Lord. They laid before the Lord. See, sometimes I do that. I'll just lay before the Lord. It could be in my house or here sometimes. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to just lay flat and kind of like utter abandonment before him. It's like an honoring thing as well before the king. If you were to walk into the presence of the king, we would, we would get on the floor. It's, it's beautiful. It's appropriate to do from the time. It's also beautiful to jump and shout and sing and clap. To sing loudly, to sing quietly, to cry. All those things are good. Bowing, kneeling, taking our shoes off like we did today. It's all reverence and honor and worship to the king. All express devotion. All show the inside passions of our heart coming out on the outside expression. And then, this is a good part. It said that they feasted. (laughs) <laughs> they feasted. See, a party with good food is the ultimate finish. Am I right? Am I right? How many know it's good to celebrate with food? This was true then, and it's true today. One day in heaven, it talks about the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I'm excited about for what this is going to look like because I, I can't even imagine. My imagination cannot com- comprehend the amazing moment this will be to see him And to feast with him and all of you. Can you imagine the flavors that will be popping? I mean, Melissa, you know. The flavors got to be popping in the food. Melissa cooks good food. Can you imagine at the marriage supper of the lamb? Wow. What a few days David had here. And what a prayer of heartfelt devotion to God. And I believe that that's where we are today with our our eyes are on him we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you eyes on him eyes on you and heart for you because I can see it in each and every one of you let's stand as we close today we've been doing these prayers and and we always end with praying them together and that's what we're going to do today so as we do though Before, we're going to ask ourselves these questions. What is God tugging on my heart to do? Because I believe that there is an outward expression of something that he's already doing on the inside. What step of obedience is he asking me to take? How can I give him my whole heart? And what's the one thing stopping me from going on? And now we're going to pray this beautiful prayer of David together, starting at verse 10. I'll wait for it to come up so you guys don't have to do it, like, by memory. (laughs) All right, here we go. Blessed are you, our Father, from old and forever. To you belong the greatness and the might, the glory the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, the kingdom, all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. 
Riches and glory come from you, your ruler over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand to build up and strengthen all. And here we are, O oh God, our God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. But me, who am I, and who are the people around me that we should presume to be giving something to you? Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been given from your generous hand. As far as you're concerned, we're homeless, shiftless wanderers like our ancestors. Our lives mere shadows, hardly anything to us. God, our God, all these materials and resources we have, these piles of stuff for building a house of worship for you, honoring your holy name. It all came from you. It was all yours in the first place. I know, dear God, that you care nothing for the surface. You want us, all of us, our true selves, and we so give from our hearts honestly and happily. And now we believe we will see all the people with us doing the same, giving freely, willingly. What a joy it is to give. Oh God, keep this generous spirit alive forever in us. Keep our hearts set firmly in you. And give our children uncluttered and focused hearts so that they can obey what you command live by your directions and counsel, and carry through with the building of your church. We bless you, God, our God. We worship you on the inside and on the outside. You are our king. We ask again for uncluttered and focused hearts for us and our children so we can obey your every command Live within your counsel and carry through with the building of your church. Amen. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, I just pray for your people. <laughs> I pray for your family here in this church. God, that you would grant just that, an uncluttered and focused hearts towards you, that we could be faithful to obey you, that we could live at your direction and your counsel, and that we can carry through with the building of your church. Help us, guide us, lead us, direct us. What can we do to follow you? with whole heart devotion. God, show us that, what's that one thing that you're tugging on our hearts to do this morning. Reveal to us what step of obedience we can take to further your kingdom. Show us how we can give our whole heart. And speak to us if there is one thing that we're hanging on to that we haven't quite let go of. Speak to us so that we can let that thing go and we can live for the glory of your name. <laughs> we love you. Just go ahead and tell them you love them. We love you and we trust you. And we trust you 
In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. That's it. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great week in the Lord.